Welcome, welcome, Real Stories podcast listeners to another fun episode of Real Stories with Graham and Brian. Graham, there is a there is a gravestone in Wyandotte County Ooh. with the date of the deceased as February 31st, 1869. Oh, I don't believe you. Can you tell me where it is? It is, I believe, um, the grave of Christina Hag, and it is in Old Mission Cemetery. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Old Mission Cemetery. That's right. Sounds good to me. Uh, I think there's a lot to talk about there. We there have uh, John Stewart and Finley and Mononcu and Between the Logs. It's a story as old as time. It's about booze and God yeah. and everything else. Singing, hymnals, dancing, yep. all sorts of good stuff. Footloose. Yes. All right. Well, uh, everybody, I hope that you enjoy this episode of Real Stories. And we're back. Brian and Graham here with Real Stories. Uh, we've been on a hiatus because we were busy, right, Brian? We were busy. We uh, we decided to take on a thespian role for about three months. Yes, we were thespians. Yeah, we, we did a little play for local theater, uh, the Star Theater here in Wyandotte County. And we did it for charity because during COVID. Yeah, well, I, all <laughs> local theater is for charity. Sure. And, is uh, it though? A lot of local theaters for. Or v- vanity. For charity vanity. or vanity. <laughs> yeah. One of those two. Yeah. Personal satisfaction. Yeah. Right. Brian and I were in uh, locally written and produced and performed a play called Bottoms Up at Bottoms Down Manor. That's correct. Yep. And it was a, uh, it's a, it was a fantastic experience. It I, really was amazing. I haven't, uh, I haven't been on a, a stage in a play since high school and uh, it was, it was every bit as exhilarating as I remember. Yes. It was a, it, it was not only a locally written and produced uh, play, but it was basically uh, one family, the, the Bacon, David Bacon yeah. wrote it and produced it. And it's his family plus Brian who isn't blood well me and my daughter we're we're we're, (laughs) we are a family and uh yeah and your daughter and ronnie boyd and ronnie we're the only three non-family members uh in like a pretty pretty good play that was funny and 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 we were it was funny and pointless (laughs) and fun to do and we were diligent about following all the covid regulations and and guidance and made it work we made it work yep and still made money so that's that's the the moral of the story is you can accomplish anything when you really really want to yes yeah yeah you can you can put on a play you can put on a play during covid yes during a pandemic so yep and then uh so now here we are it is springtime in wonderful ohio yes it is beautiful day today i'll tell you what april and may in ohio it's a it's a little early spring this year, which is fine, but uh, it, it's been beautiful the last few days. It was 80 today, and we got a little little bit of rain tonight, a light light rain, and uh, it, it's just been fantastic. Now it's going to get cold again next week, and and this is the first week I in mean, April, it so does what it's going to do. Yeah, that's you know? to be expected. But it's beautiful, even on the. I mean, you say cold. They, I'm not putting like a heavy coat back on this year. No. You know? I I have a sweatshirt on tonight and I suspect this is as, as cold as I will get for the next eight months. Yeah. Not ten months. Yes. Uh, yeah. Eight months. I guess it is. And April. we're out in the barn. Yeah. And here we are. So I, I think it's funny speaking you know, I, I mentioned earlier that it is a little earlier spring than than normal. 
this this time of year, there's always the threat of frost, and I've already heard people complaining about how they put put plants in the ground too soon or you know, <laughs> did their lawn wrong. And I'm like, and, and I used to do that. I used to be that it's way. It's a story as old as time. <laughs> a story as old as time. Uh, I, I used to be that way. I used to get real anxious. To, you know, I wanted to wanted to have the first crop in the ground or the first uh, whatever, and it doesn't do any good. No. Things grow when they grow. When they grow. And they don't grow before then, or they die. And there are things that you can plant in sure. cold weather, and you can have a little greenhouse. Yep. You can do, you know. But it's it not tomatoes and peppers. You want to do. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tomatoes and peppers, you'll get plenty. Yeah. Be patient. So, yes, exactly. So, so I guess what I'm saying is uh, just enjoy the first few weeks of nice weather. That's, that's what they're for. Clean up around the house a little bit. Don't get too ambitious in planning anything. Just enjoy being outside. Imagine what the spring was like in Upper Sandusky in 1817. The year that John Stewart arrived in Upper Sandusky. And that is what we're going to talk about today, Brian. It was also the year of the treaty at Fort Meigs. Yeah, Create treaty at Fort Meigs. Yeah. That created the Wyandotte Reservation, known as the Grand Reserve. Yeah, Brian and I found a map. Uh, I'm sure people have seen this. It's pretty easy to find, but it's uh, just a map of the Wyandotte Reservation uh, that was created in 1817, Treaty of Fort Meigs. And it's sweet. Uh, you know, has the Timocti Creek and the Sandusky River real obvious, and then uh, has all the, the villages, and they're, they're tough to read. They're almost unreadable. Obviously, it's hand-drawn, but there's also yeah. indicators for where some of the cabins are within the Indian Reservation. And, and for those that don't know, the, the Wyandotte Indian Reservation was the better part of Wyandotte County, present-day Wyandotte County, and five to seven miles into Crawford County. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a rectangle, basically the shape of Seneca County. However, about half the size and right in the middle of Wyandotte County. Yeah. So. Um, you know, it's a fact I should know, but uh, 14 by 12 square miles, it's right around in there. No, I'm, I'm uh, not, not sure. You know, it's like 14 east to west and, and 12 north to south. Uh, so, it, it, yeah, anyway. Was it 640 acres? Maybe that's what they got. Like, I'm bad at that stuff, yeah. man. I uh, I, should, I, I could look it up and I can I can put it in in post. <laughs> yeah, we'll fix it. In uh, post. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So the reason, I mean, if if you don't know this, that it, I think is interesting about the Wyandotte Reservation, and th- that I know it. You know, you you drive into town, you drive into Upper Sandusky, Ohio, which is in Wyandotte County. If you don't know that, and there are signs that say site of last Wyandotte Indian reservation in Ohio. And I always wondered like, okay, well, what's that mean? Really? You know, what were there, were there Wyandotte Indians and in other places? Were there Shawnee reservations? Were there Huron reservations? And here's the bottom line. There weren't. There weren't. There was only by 1817, there was the Wyandotte reserve in Wyandotte County. It eventually got uh added Kildeer mm-hmm. and also the Cherokee Boy Indian Reserve, which was out in Timocti. The town of Timocti off to the east 
down in that bottom. I think probably on both sides of 103 right. is a little Indian reserve called the Cherokee Boy Reservation. When was that? Uh, 1817, uh, the Treaty of Fort Meigs that set up the Wyandotte Reserve also set up a Cherokee Boy Reserve for Horanu, who was a Cherokee Indian that didn't want to be a part of the reserve. Yeah. You read, taking a note there? I'm writing that down. Yeah, good. Uh, it's actually sh- shows up still on the old, the, the county maps from like the 1970s. That's Those a- ones that were multicolored, each township was a different color. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they've printed those more recently than the 70s, though. Yeah, but th- are they still colored? Uh, Yeah, you, some okay. of them. It I seems mean, like all the ones I have now are just black and white ones. They're not as cool. Well, that's because they don't spend the money on the color because nobody re- looks at maps anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the, you know what? That's more reason to, if you're going to print one, just make it nice. Yeah, it doesn't right. cost that much more. Uh, to get something printed in super high definition color nowadays is so, it's amazing. We, we can make a lot of stuff really cheap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You need a good printer. A1 printing. We're the, looking for sponsors. The place to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So back to though, the Swindot Reservation. Uh, I, I think that the Wyandots by then. And and I don't know if this is just because they signed this treaty, but I bet it it all kind of fits in that they weren't in like a great place. Oh no, yeah, they, they weren't at all. Yeah, um, they, they were struggling internally with leadership. Yep. Um, and and a lot of them were alcoholics. There I was mean, an alcohol problem. They made alcohol illegal. It it wasn't necessarily a problem because their argument was that they used alcohol to have fun. Um, touche. But it didn't always work that way. Yeah. Well, alcohol was just classically used to manipulate Native yeah. Americans, also. But, uh, yeah. So they weren't maybe doing great, and um, that's gonna lead to the the story of John Stewart. Are yeah. we ready? So John Stewart was born. Do you remember the year? Seventeen eighty-seven. That's right. 1787, John Stewart was born in Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, a free African-American. Western Virginia, right? I believe it was Western Virginia. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't west of, I mean, it, it wasn't, he had to cross the Appalachian Mountains to get to Marietta. Right. So, you know, somewhere where, probably central Virginia or To get to Marietta where he ended up first. In, in 1815, he moved, he left his home in Virginia and crossed on foot the, the mountains of Virginia and moved to Marietta, which had been founded, you know, 10 years before or yep. so. Uh, it's the first town, right? It's Marietta? the first town. Yeah. Putnam and uh, Maniah Cutler founded Marietta. Yeah. 1813, he moved to Marietta. Yep. 1813. Yep. So 1813, he crosses the mountains. He gets robbed on his way. Uh, he was a dyer. Anyway, good for him to get out of there. <laughs> right. In 1813, he's like, um, I have a chance to leave. I think I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bounce. Yeah. And he got, he gets robbed, and he shows up in Marietta. He has, you know, n- none of the things he thought he would have when he got there. He was a and, blue dyer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. For those of you that don't know, I I'm assuming a blue dyer is. I mean, indigo was the main yeah. color, and making blue jeans. Uh, 
Yeah, or, or, or was table it, cloths, for, or was it bluing that they used to make stuff whiter? Well, I'll look this up. Yeah, I don't know, but he gets to Marietta mm-hmm. and he has a rough go of it. Marietta was a rough. I mean, it it was when we think of Marietta in eighteen thirteen, we should be thinking like if you want to compare it to something that maybe you know, like probably like freaking Deadwood. Or it's about as probably as close to Deadwood as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was rough. It was founded by all World War or sorry, World War, Revolutionary uh, American War. Revolutionary War veterans um, who who I think kind of um, negotiated the, the deal um, as part of like, hey, look, we never really got paid for what we did. Like, why don't you let us settle this place? We're going to we'll do it. And you know what? I've I think that's a whole movement and period that is super interesting because think about how we always talk about the greatest generation after world war two that like, Oh, they came home and you know what? They just did it. They, they started businesses and they, they, they went on trips. They bought houses and imagine what all those, that greatest generation that was the founders. Oh yeah. That had been out fighting, and they knew how to set up camp somewhere. They knew how to survive. They were okay living like that. Yes. Dying like that. And they probably talked, and they're like, you know what? We could do this. We, You know, like... They sat around and there's there's more to it than that. What what you're not what you're not taking into consideration is that at the time, the the American soldier was poor, really poor, because. Generally speaking, they weren't getting paid because there was no money. No, they because didn't the, get paid. There was no, yeah, there was no money. There was no Continental Congress didn't give the soldiers any money. And they got so, war bonds, but, but they, they, got they were IOUs. They were that's exactly right. Yeah. They were promised money. So at the end, and we had this huge crushing debt to pay to to oh. soldiers who had fought in a war. And basically, we said, take Ohio here. The Western Reserve is literally just a Western piece of property that it was reserved for. Uh, what was it? People who were. Uh, in Connecticut, when or no, that's the Firelands. The Firelands, when the, when the houses burned in Connecticut during the Revolutionary War, they, yeah. the government said, "We'll we'll reserve this piece of land for you in Ohio, and we'll call it the Firelands." And the yes. Western Reserve's the same way. Agreed. Well, so I mean, it's they, a whole they other gave, story of like how Jefferson the or, the Ordinance of 1784 that set up Ohio, Indiana, sure. Michigan, yeah, and but, banned slavery. But they could only do that because they had the right amount of people because they had pushed people out there because Correct. they didn't pay them after the Revolutionary War. Yeah, <laughs> the, it, it 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 was like the thing you were kind of entitled to. Yeah, if you yeah. want to say Land. there was an entitled generation? Yeah, like they were. They got some land. Well, they were entitled to land because they they did fight, and and frankly, back then, land was currency. Land was wealth. Absolutely, and, and land not that it still is. Well. Yeah, not that it's not now, but like, it, wait till this hyperinflation hits. Yeah, we'll see. But it, but back then, if you had literally nothing to your name, if somebody gave you. 400 acres in Ohio, you didn't care what it looked like. You went out and you lived on it. Well, plus it was all beautiful. Like it's Ohio River Valley. It's honestly- um, Or it's the Great Lakes. I mean- um, It's a whole other episode we could do, but you know, back to Marietta in 1813. Also uh, came to me, Mania Cutler. That's who founded uh, Marietta. Mania Cutler. I always thought that was a cool name. Uh, John Stewart arrives there and- he he has a rough go of it, and by 1816, he is like he's he's pretty down and out. I think, 
because he's drunk and he's walking at night and he hears singing coming from a distance. And yeah, hymns, the, the Methodist hymns uh, were coming out of, you know, probably not even a church. I, I would imagine it was just coming out of like a, uh, like a tent. In my head, uh, it's a lot like that scene in Oh Brother, We're Out There, oh, where, yeah. where they hear people singing down at the river and they just go and there are literally people singing down the river. Anyhow. Well, imagine if you were good at singing, imagine how like magnetic that would have been how far your voice would travel when there's zero outside interference for noise and no one hears anything that's not them or yep. nature making noise yeah like, and, right. and to hear music yeah there's no highway been... drowning you out there's no oh. uh, factory drowning you out like if you could probably hear somebody singing in upper I don't know how far, at least out to the railroad tracks. Good question. Yeah, my, a couple miles, I would think. Yeah, like from here, you could you could hear them at the railroad tracks on sixty seven. Like, yeah, if they're singing loud, if they were yeah. if they were doing it right. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Alex Bodenham, we'd be able to hear a, a nice falsetto or yes. yeah. So he's drunk. He wanders into this missionary. Uh, the, or sorry, into this Methodist church service, um, singing. Methodists are big. I mean, you know, the hymns, man, they're the best part of church anyway. And he, he, he finds himself and he's like, uh, it's a classic born again Christian. And he, you know, basically found his people there. He was also in a rough place at the time. For sure. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh he, yeah. For sure. He was, he was drinking drunk a lot. Yeah. He was drunk the night he found him. Yeah. And the Methodists are, temperance. they're like the temperance. They're the, they're like the root of the temperance movement. Teetotalers. Teetotalers. Yep. And uh, he, he is with them for a year and a half or so. And he is at, at some point, what happens to all of us, God or some voice, the archangel, oh, Gabriel, wait. he hears a voice uh, that tells him uh, to go spread the word and uh, go uh, spread my word faithfully, I believe. Is what he said. He heard, "Spread my word, thou word faithfully," or something, and he does. And he and he takes that to mean that he's he's to go out into the Indian, the savage Indian territory, and you know, keep keep in mind, turn them into Christians. So, so this is this is his mission, but this is not sanctioned by the Methodist Church. He is not an official Methodist missionary. No. So he wanders and he runs into some Delaware Indians. Yep. And he can't talk to them. They, he, does, he doesn't speak any. He speaks English. And so he gets. But they he, did. He, he runs into some Delaware Indians who take him uh, to Pipe Town. Yeah. And they, he, he can't talk to him, but he, he sings. He probably had. Well, this guy had the voice of, of you know, a god, I so, would imagine. So the stuff, oh, just a beautiful baritone. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm yeah, picturing. Soft, velvety, lush tones. Yes, yeah. Yes. I'm picturing more like uh, not that. Um, but the story goes, he he met with them, and one one or two of them could speak a little English, and he wasn't sure if they probably all could. And they're he, like, eh. yeah, yeah <laughs> this guy, yeah. So anyway, they they they're probably all they start singing and. And kind of chanting and stuff like that, and he can't he can't tell for sure what's going on, and he's kind of scared. Yes, he's not sure if he's going to live or die, but he's sure that this is what he was sent to do, so he sticks around. So 
after they were done with their chant or dancing or whatever the the tribe was doing, they stopped and he started singing. So then when he finished, when he, what was it? When he finished his first song, he wasn't sure how it was going to go over. And one of the, one of the Indians said, sing again or sing more yeah. or, or keep singing next song. Probably yeah. Alexa play. Skip. <laughs> yeah, skip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he gets in with them. Yeah. Right. And, well, at at that point, they realized that they weren't going to be able to do much for him, so they took him to the the reservation, the the Wyandotte reservation. They brought him to the Wyandots. Yeah, they introduce him to William Walker, and uh, William Walker's like shakes this shakes John Stewart down. He's like, yeah. no way, like you're you're a free black guy that ended up here, um, because there's lots of runaway African Americans that come through here, and we don't want any part of that. Yeah. Because we're trying to be cool here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, that really we don't want they you, were, we, we like, don't want the mess. Yeah. And they were lucky, like no, just people hadn't come here. Colonel Crawford came here, and they're like, eh. like if that didn't go well for here, it. They really did, like uh, they earned some respect, I think, of because they, you know, they let them have it. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. they they're like, yeah, try it. Yeah. You know, come on. They they tempted. And, and then they got cool with them. And that all happened later. That's Tarhee. That's really Tarhee's uh, legacy is that he made peace with the Americans. They, I mean, they had to. They, they did. Yeah. But he did. You didn't yeah, yeah, have to. Right. Well, <laughs> Tecumseh did. They could all be dead. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's all tragic. But Walker thinks he's a runaway, but he asks him some things. He can read. He can write a little... And, uh, eventually he, you know, is like, okay, like I'm going to introduce you to this other guy, Jonathan Pointer and Jonathan Pointer would, um, was an African-American Nate who was a member of the Wyandotte tribe. Yeah. He and was, he was captured as a, as a child when he was seven, he was okay. kidnapped around Detroit. Is that right? I I'm not sure. Yeah. Ended up here and, and now is a, is a grown man and he reluctantly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. reluctantly translates and he even starts every time he translates for John Stewart he says these are his words not mine <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's just a good way to be like uh from now on I will be saying what he says but uh I I like the one that says uh that there's another disclaimer here that he for his interpretations you must not think I care whether you believe or not. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he very clear. I'm not. These are I'm going to translate for this guy because he seems like a good dude. Yeah. But I don't believe this stuff. And so most wine dots didn't at first. There, but they there's some guys here that need some God. And, there were. And, and I'm willing to let that happen. Is yes. what he was saying. And they were skeptical of him. I think everybody was. Yeah. But he must have been good. He He must, you know. There are people who are good. You have to understand at this time. I mean, we're talking like a th- this Jim Stoffer type good. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know? at, at this time, this is this is the beginning of uh, the Methodist push and and the burned over district of New York. And I mean, this was they there was no secret that the Methodists, the white Methodists, were pushing into the area. There were circuit riders. There were there were people coming around. And preaching gospel, preaching oh, yeah. the word. Yep. Um, and and it wasn't. It, it was hellfire and brimstone. So uh, <laughs> he starts preaching, and eventually people come around, and uh, the like uh, 
between the logs or, or two logs, two logs. <laughs> is a great story. He has like evidently this awesome bass voice that we all, all men wished that we had. And, uh, it basically came from drinking whiskey every night. He, and he, the story I've seen is that he had uh, like accidentally killed his wife. He got uh, in drunk a drunken and, rage. Yeah, yeah, he got drunk and killed his wife. Yeah, yeah, and and who knows how that went down? But he joined, and when he joined, he must have been like a well-respected guy, even though he had killed his wife. Sure, uh, but well, up to he, that, he just had a fit. You know, it, it was just goes to show that he, what happened. even even with Native American politics, if you were the right person, you got away with it, right? And yeah, yeah, <laughs> we we don't know his wife. Everyone yeah. else might have been like, eh, like okay, she kind of had it coming. She, yeah, and so uh, he joins Not between the logs, joins, and then Mononku joins. Mononku reluctantly joined, and only joined if he could still paint his face. When you talking about joining the church? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was a long. It, it was a long, drawn-out process, though. It wasn't like they just he he walked waltzed oh, into town no, and everybody was, was like, "Oh couple, yeah, we'll join." It was months or year, a couple years. Yeah, he he would sit down and he would he would talk to them about about his God versus their God, and and this is this is what the you know the missionaries the the Methodist missionaries the circuit riders weren't really doing. They weren't taking time to build the relationship and get to know the people and answer their questions. They were only coming and preaching the hellfire and brimstone and then leaving. So that's why this was such a, a novel approach for them because they got to ask the questions, you know, why is, why is white God better than red God? You know, we, we mm -hmm. only have, we have our God that I think is good for our people. Why is your God better? Like, yeah. or, or there was still, there were still Catholics in, in, the Wyandot tribe because the French had baptized them. Yeah. Years oh, yeah. before oh, that. For sure. They had already been Catholic but, at but times. They, but yeah, but they were about a generation removed from it. Like, you know, it was kind of something that their parents did uh, or their grandparents did. There were even some that had crosses still in their houses. Uh, but but there weren't there wasn't an established church. There was nothing, there was no practiced religion at, at the time. So he took the time. He he got to know everybody. He answered their questions. He he was basically a philosopher, like a, a theologian, I guess is the the right term. But right. I think there's more to it than that, though. Also, I I think that this is a a population that had been generally screwed over by white men. Oh, for a hundred <laughs> years. Yeah. So they looked at it and said, "This black guy is." basically like us and he's telling us these things. So so there was a level of trust there that wasn't ever going to be achieved by the the Methodist white missionaries. Yeah. So yeah, so he gets some people and then by he leaves for a while and I don't know where he goes, but for a while in 1817 he was gone just for a few weeks and then when he gets back people again are like, uh, I don't know, like this guy's back. Should we do this? Thought, thought we um thought we tossed him. Again, I thought he left. <laughs> but he keeps coming back and they keep kind of, um, that was when he got between the logs, uh, to, to join. convert. Yeah. yeah. Convert. And then people started to kind of, they, they started to believe it. And then once they did, it sounds like that's about the time that like Finley and whoever, whoever were the, the actual Methodist missionaries sometime around like 1818, 
figured out that like, oh, there's a guy down there that's got some Indians that are maybe. Yeah. And that's when they came in, right? 1819. Uh, You're talking about the Methodist Church. The actual Methodist Church. By 1819, at their annual conference, recognized Stuart and recognized the mission and then appointed well, James. They re- they recognized that there was a need for it. Because, yeah, yeah, because that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they recognized not only a need, but like it was a lead. An opportunity. Yeah. 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 And so then they sent but, Finley in. But it, it was it was because John Stewart had had petitioned them for uh, a church. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For but, sure. But they also didn't think that he was capable of doing it. So they said that's when they said, okay, let's have this guy Pointer go down and be the missionary. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, and so he was there for a while. And then Stuart goes up around Cary to the, the the Big Spring. Big Spring, probably up around like Adrian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Around that point, Finley comes. And yep. it, and now is like the basically like the district manager uh, of the missionaries in this area. And this sort of becomes his project, his headquarters. Finley is respected by the Wyandots and seemed to be respectful of the Wyandots and starts, starts this kind of like, let's build a church here. Yeah. You know, the, the, that's the next step. And that's where we're, oh, we are talking about the old mission church. <laughs> yeah. So that's when the idea to build that church came up. Um, Somewhere probably around 1820, they begin a plan to build the, the old mission church. Well, it was at uh, Ebenezer Zane's cabin, right? Yes. Yeah. Had a conference, like a Methodist conference, and they decided to do it. And then they sent people to Washington, to uh, it was James Monroe, and said... Uh, we want some money, blah, blah, blah. They get $1,333.33 to build the old mission church. The old mission church? Yes. So so at this conference, uh, it was it was at Ebenezer Zane's home. It was a quarterly conference of the mission at his home on the Mad River, which is down... Bell Fountain area. Yeah. Nice area. <clears throat> yeah. And so great that, history down there yeah, also. Yeah. So, so that was Finley, Stewart, uh, Moses Henkel, who was a missionary, and about 60 Indians representing various shades of opinion, it says, concerning yeah. Christianity. Yeah, so. so they hire like a couple— So it's like a retreat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, they hire a couple guys from the Columbus area. Uh, I forget, some village down there. And uh, they come up and help oversee the construction of the old mission church, which was built out of limestone, right out of the river. Uh, Sandusky river. Yeah. Probably right down here where the flat rock is. I've always wondered that even maybe out by the quarry. Yeah. That, that's what I meant. Yeah, like yeah. where we've canoed through there and you can see the, Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, it's like blue stone. Um, it's limestone lime. Yeah. It's yeah. like blue limestone. Uh, they build the church. People begin going there that several Wyandotte Indians not only convert to Christianity, but become Methodist ministers mm-hmm. like Mononcue or uh, there's others, right? Pointer yeah. was one at one point and, and several others throughout the year. Jacquez, Squire Gray Eyes. Squire Gray Eyes, one of them? 
No, think so. he was... his picture's up in the uh, up in there. We should have we should have tried to get in there and film this and record this. Record in this there. in there in we, the old mission you know church. What? Let's do and let's see if we can do that for our next another episode. And we'll just do one of like we talking do, about that place. We could probably do one just fact checking this episode. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, actually, just walking around and Brian t- and I do this kind of from memory. We we put some notes down and we have like our computers, but we don't. We try not to look at them. It's largely ad hoc. Yes. So it's we, more information than you're going to find on your own. It's not. It's basically the Wikipedia version. <laughs> it is. Yes. So, um, so that's the that's the story of how they build the old mission church. And like I said, there could be a whole other uh, uh, story on the old mission's history. And there there is so much of it. Um, it falls apart at one time. It's rebuilt in oh, the 1880s. Fell into disrepair for a while. Yeah. After the wine dots left, which is what used to happen to buildings for some reason. Like no one was like, oh, yeah, could use that oh, here's building. Here's building. a building that's already there. No, I'll build my own. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's it's been rebuilt and and fixed up. And, you know, it's it's a it's a treasure around here. It really uh, is for us yeah. uh, in 2019. In September of 2019, Brian and I marched in a parade. So so in in 2019, let, let's start yeah. at the beginning here in 2019, the the Wyandotte Indian tribe took retook possession from of the old mission church from the Methodist church. So there was an entire Methodist congregation uh, of of high up Methodist congregation of I, I, I don't you'll have to forgive me. I don't know their hierarchy, but but there, there were, were big wigs here. There were Methodist yeah, big wigs. There were here. big wigs. <laughs> In order to, and same with the Wyandotte tribe. Oh, Billy Friend was here. The princess was here. It was awesome. The princess was here. It was, there were 500 Wyandotte Indians that came, Wyandotte Nation that came back. It was as a a local historian, and and Graham will tell you the same, it was one of the coolest things we've ever had the opportunity to witness. Oh, so fantastic. It really was. I remember everything. Most of what I know about this was that day. Remember they had those Chautauquans speaking yep. that was like, it was John Stewart. It was yep. like a dude that was John Stewart. And then a guy that was Jonathan Pointer. I also remember it was about 142 degrees. It was hot, yeah. but it was awesome. It was awesome. So it cool. was so cool. So they, they had a parade uh, because they started, where, where did that even start? It started at the John Stewart Methodist Uptown. Oh, okay. Started at the church uptown, and then they kind of did a parade next, route. Next to the donut shop. Well, across, catacorner from the, right across yeah. from the museum. Yeah, right across from Which the museum. Which is a perfect mu- place for it to start. Yeah. And... And they they went through town, like uh, took kind of an odd route, but through town. They went down to the Indian burial ground at the top of the Park Hill and went by that. Yep. And then went all the way down Fifth. Then they came down Fifth Street. Yep. Yep. So Graham and I rode, we rode our bikes uh, down to see this parade. And at that point, we We went and had a beer at Scott Bose's garage. We did. Yeah. And then we saw him coming. And so we're like, sweet. So we went over and we were on Fifth Street, like around Fifth and Finley ish. Something uh, like that. It, yeah. And, and um Carol Meinhart was like, Graham, you guys should be in this. She did. And I was like, Yeah, and she goes, No, you should. And I was like, Okay, that's all I need be- to know. Be- because at the time, as as the as the wine dots were marching through, 
there were people joining the parade, joining the oh, it the was per- beautiful. The, it, honestly, the profession. What's, what's it called? The procession. The procession. Yeah. It was a beautiful day. It was. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I felt like the Wyandotte Indians, like Billy Friend, was so complimentary of how good it's our it's our deep history. And, it was, and it's not even ours. Like it, it, right. it, we really have like preserved it because it is the only thing we have. It it was a it was the most it's the oldest thing we have it was the most incredible display of diplomacy that Wyandotte county that i as a Wyandotte county resident have ever witnessed uh, I, like look personally it I, made me i didn't say what you want i was proud to be from Wyandotte county yeah yeah and this uh, was like jimmy carter visiting the pope or, and look or, i know that the Wyandotte indians were displaced just like all other indians were displaced and that's not fair yeah and uh, but it, it you know we love that we live here and, and listen, and here, here's the deal. We're like, not ruining this place. Yeah. I don't want to, you know? I, I don't want to give I I feel like we're maintaining it. We're yeah. stewards. I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not giving it back anytime soon for, out yes. of the goodness of my heart. But I also wouldn't mind if there was a, a bigger presence of the tribe here. Oh, like, agreed. Like yeah, we, I mean, we, sh- we should have some kind that should be our sister city or something. It, if nothing else, just the idea that like they, you know, it'd be sweet as if there was like a, uh, some sort of bed and breakfast situation that was always available. Like if, if yeah. anyone from the Wyandotte nation was coming back here, there was like a, a, a meeting room, like a Hampton and Inn. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Except uh, like a house, like except a sweet, exactly not that a sweet old house uptown yeah, or just right. a sweet apartment, you know, that they could VB VRBO. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> So we didn't mention it, and we'll do a whole show on it. But in in 1843, the Wyandotte Indians um, left and signed a treaty, and we'll do a whole thing about that. But and it went into disrepair. 1880s, it was rebuilt by the Methodists, and it was used as a church for a while. Then it has been decently maintained since, and really well maintained recently. Yeah. Um. And in 2019. That land and like a two acre kind of spot around it it's with basically the cemetery. The cemetery uh, is now back under the ownership of the Wyandotte Nation, which is awesome. It's awesome. I'd like to know more about it. I, oh, and, for sure. And, and that, that's, yeah. well, that's, I mean, you can find, I bet if you went and asked, uh, is it um, Bowman? Uh, she's like the history keeper for the John Stewart Methodist Church. So oh, she's okay. she's the key. She is the gatekeeper for all the all this stuff. She yeah. knows it all. Anyway, they and they gave like five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollar check to be like here. We're we're just because the John Stewart Church is still taking care of it. Okay, and that is the story of the old mission church here in Wyandotte County. City of Upper Sandusky, conveniently located on Church Street on the north side of town. Um, if you guys are ever around, just drive by it, check it out. There's some cool stuff to be seen. Uh, this has been uh, another episode of Real Stories with Graham and Brian. I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. Brian and I um, are enjoying doing these, and we're going to keep them going. Our next episode is going to be an interview uh, with Mayor Scott Washburn from Upper Sandusky. Was the last mayor of Upper uh, up until last fall, and we will get his life story and a little bit of uh, some history of Upper Sandusky along with it. I hope everybody will join us. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast wherever you're getting it from, and tell all your friends. We'll talk to everyone soon.
Real Stories Podcast brought to you by Graham and Brian from Graham and Brian's Barn. <laughs> we hope that you guys enjoyed this show. We sponsor ourselves and we are doing this completely for fun. Hope you guys enjoy it.